Hello and welcome to the Honor Adventure Podcast, the show where I interview magic content creators to learn how magic has impacted their lives. Today, I am joined by MJ. MJ is a cosplayer and host of the MTG in Quarantine Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing pretty awesome. How about yourself? I had a uh, pretty productive day. I did a recording for a couple other episodes today and just scheduled a bunch of episodes, did a bit of writing. Very, very productive day. It's it good. How about yours? Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Um, yeah, I had a you know a decent day at work. Um, you know, got some pretty good stuff done right now. Obviously, I can't really go into too much specifics because I don't want to bore your audience. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I got some really good work in. You know, modified some things for some of my projects. And mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, right before uh, this recording, got back from some pickleball and. You're going to be asking, hey, MJ, are you good at pickleball? And the answer is going to be no, I am not exceptionally good at pickleball. I kind of suck. But the fact that I'm playing pickleball even horribly means that I'm better than I would be if I wasn't playing pickleball. So you kind of see where I'm going. It's like I, I'm better than anyone who hasn't tried pickleball. We'll just say that much. That's fair. <laughs> as long as you're enjoying pickleball. Yeah, like, it's, that's... it's actually kind of a fun fun hobby. I mean, I because I, I, I play in a league right now. You know, kind kind of a in theory low stakes social league, and yeah. honestly, you know, I, I feel like the I get a little too competitive sometimes because like I want to do well, I want to do well, and sometimes I think I kind of forget like, hey, you know, it, it's just supposed to be a laid back game. So it, yeah. it's definitely a sport where I think where if I wasn't competing as much, you know, like with people who are comparable skill level, it's like it'd just be the kind of fun thing you can just do, you know, with friends hanging out on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, you know. Just right. that kind of sport where it doesn't take much setup, much equipment, and, you know, it's it's a good act, amount of exercise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to spend just a Saturday afternoon or Tuesday evening in this case. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, first question, I guess, like, how do you start getting into magic? Oh man, how did I first get into magic? Well, I I like saying this on my on my own podcast. I I know the people out there who have uh, listened to me a long time kind of get sick of me talking about my origin story. It, it, it's kind of like a superhero origin story, right? It's like this is exactly the moment where I realized. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> um, it it actually comes down to exact uh, about a Saturday afternoon. I think I got really bored, mm-hmm. and it's like you know I've been. I've been thinking about, you know, trying to get back into Yu-Gi-Oh! or something. You know, I haven't played card games in a dozen years. And, you know, everything has gone past me. Like the boomer argument, right? You know? Right. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, back in my day, back back when, you know, 1995, when Black Lotus was still uh, <laughs> was still legal. Yeah. Um, kind of feeling like that. Like, you know, the games passed me by. I honestly don't even know how to play that game anymore. <laughs> and and you know it's like i know enough people it's like you know it's it's not the same as it used to be back in like 05 06 when you know the original anime was still running in in america right. here and it's like so anyway I, I that that's my aside but it's like i need something different and i i remember i i didn't understand magic as a kid mm-hmm. but i just kind of got this competitive drive it's like you know i really should give this a shot see what happens there, there's a game store not too far away from me um, just see what the heck happens and ended up going and buying a deck builders toolkit at a local comic book store 
yeah at the mall you know kind of kind of every everybody's origin story it's like you go to the mall <laughs> and you and you purchase a deck builder's toolkit you know get some booster packs get some cards make an instant collection right the kind of kind of actually miss the old toolkits but yeah um the, the funny thing about it is that i remember holding that box in my hand still in the shrink wrap and thinking oh god this is gonna take up all my money isn't it <laughs> and that kind of isn't wrong. It's like I, I, I had a premonition. It's like if I buy this, I am going to get sucked in so hard to, to this game for, for some reason. And yeah, I, I would say uh, four years later and probably thousands of dollars later, I uh, yeah, I, 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 I turned out apparently I can read the future. When, yeah. when it comes to financial, uh, probably financial malfeasance on my part. But, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not complaining. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that brings me here, right? So, yeah, th th I would say that's like the official origin story. And it kind of went on from there. I I'll say I won't bore your viewers with, with like the whole fleshed out story. If you're really interested in hearing me go on for like 20 <laughs> minutes about how this happened, there is seriously an episode of my podcast that is all about just like me getting into magic. So I mean, if yeah. you want to tell that story here, this, this show is I all about really tangents. I really and... don't want to just like go. It's like, like, this is the day I started playing commander. And this is the day. It's like, I don't <laughs> think people really want to hear that much about it's like how i get started in magic that was literally how the day that i got into playing magic i opened the booster packs mm -hmm. started trying to build a deck and went to the lgs uh, for yeah. friday night magic i mean that that's kind of where and that's kind of where i would leave it off there is they they had a i think that was back in the day when they had uh launch it wasn't launch promo it was like the game day promo oh, yes yeah yeah, yeah. The, right like around a... the spark was there so like the last time they did oh open houses yeah. that's what it was, it was yeah. yeah so so i randomly went in there the day of the open house and i was the only person who showed up <laughs> I, I had a very small lgs that doesn't exist anymore so uh, you can, well covid killed it unfortunately right yeah but um i still miss that place but anyway yeah i i go in there the shop owner sees me sitting there for like 30 minutes waiting for somebody to show up. It's like, you don't know how to play, do you? No. <laughs> so, so he gets out a couple of welcome decks, shows me how to play the game. I'm completely bamboozled about what the hell's going on. <laughs> but um, over time, it's like, you know what? I, I started to figure out the game isn't so scary. And I showed up the next Friday mm. for, for FNM. And, you know, I think, honestly, my experience with, with getting into magic there was probably about as perfect as you can get honestly and I, this is definitely not a tangent i think that people really should, could learn something from this yeah is that my store's fnm was not a standard tournament or you know draft environment which you know don't throw a new player into that right that's right. just a buzz saw that you don't want, want to really get into when you're first trying to learn <laughs> how to you know attack and block and remember when to draw your card untap your lands etc cetera, etc cetera. And basically it was $5 for every week and you would get open play through the store closing for that day, every Friday. Mm -hmm. And for your $5, like I said, you get the open play and you'd also get a booster pack from whatever was available from the, like the last six or seven standard sets, whatever the shop owner had in stock at the time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the best, uh, best selection but we typically had a year and a half to two years of standard sets in available so, so you could just kind of pick what whatever you wanted open your pack and then just play for three four hours and it was perfect because 
we didn't really end up having any real grinders who would show up or anyone yeah. who was really, really good at the game. It was just myself and a couple of teenagers who would show up on the regular. And they, they were just learning how to play too. So kind of had a perfect environment where the shopkeeper were just kind of hanging out with us and teaching us how to play the game. Hmm. And that really gave me the, the perfectness, perfect environment to really start, you know, making those mistakes and not showing up at a tournament. I mean, I did make a mistake by showing up to a tournament once. <laughs> and I, I will never uh, repeat that mistake. Because, um, yeah, it, it involves uh, me showing up with a kitchen table deck to a legacy event. That was not uh, smart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit smarter than that, but apparently... Uh, Apparently, nice. yeah, yeah. I, I won't elaborate any further, but uh, <laughs> if I ever go to a legacy event again, I will actually bring a, bring a deck. Uh, I mean, the, the deck was legal. Don't get me wrong. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it was, it, it was eternal legal. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, I was allowed to show up. I just, uh, yeah, I, I basically scooped in the last. I, I, yeah, I, I, I ghosted the last round. It's like, I'm not having any fun. This sucks. Yeah. walked out the door and i all i do remember was this was kind of the this is right after teferi time raveler got uh got released so uh... two of my matchups involved <laughs> that card it's like this is miserable i mean it, it wasn't just i'm playing i think the other one was against legacy goblins or something so it's like yeah. something you know fairly mainstream it's like you can deal with this but as soon as you see uh teferi three there it's like yups i'm i'm done yeah this is not and like, I think I killed one of them. It's like, yep, Teferi again. Oh, no. <laughs> no, yeah. You're allowed to have multiple copies of this in your deck? Yeah, so <laughs> that was kind of my intro to magic. But, uh, <laughs> you know, th that aside, um, it was actually the perfect experience for, for me to, to learn how to play. Because instead of just being thrown into the fire like a lot of folks are, it's like I actually had an environment where I wanted to show up every Friday, learn how to yeah. play, get better. And then, I mean, I wasn't even... I wasn't even buying singles at the time, you know. I was just opening a few booster packs here and there, trying to build a deck because that's kind of what right. you had back in the day when you're a kid. It's like you have the deck that yeah. that you always play, and it's like I I didn't realize you could actually build multiple decks. And <laughs> yeah. boy, was I surprised when you re when I realized like you can actually buy cards online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they, they don't have to be in the store. It's like you can buy them on the, on the World Wide Web. Whoa! So it's, it's that right there was a level up moment for me, <laughs> but uh, but also just the, the the idea of going to a local game store as well every week and showing up and you know making connections with people that actually ended up being very fruitful for me later on down right. the road. Yeah, that's it's really cool having like that very low stakes just casual environment because like F, like Evanem usually is like relatively casual compared to like you know gps or or whatever but like there's still some stakes involved but having an effort where there's actually zero stakes involved is sounds just fantastic for a new player yeah it was it was great and i mean i would highly recommend that if you're ever out if you're out there watching this listening to this um if you're ever trying to teach someone how to play don't rush people into things too fast it's just like my pickleball league it's like yeah. They're going to really suck at first. And then after a while, they're probably still going to suck. But if you don't crush their dreams, they'll still come back. And they'll, they'll... probably want to get a little better. And over time, things will improve. Which I would <laughs> like to say about my pickleball career, but I don't know. <laughs> that is a whole other story right there. <laughs> they'll, yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll find the deep end eventually. And they'll, they'll 
jump in when they're ready. Like, yep, they will buy their mana crypt and lion's eye diamond. They'll be playing CDH <laughs> before the month's out, right? Yeah, and just so everyone is aware, and I know we talked about this on the pre-show, but this is not a new water bottle. This is something <laughs> I've been using for like 15 times. It's actually great for like going out and playing pickleball with, because I don't want to take my actual water bottles and lose them. So um, hopefully no one out there thinks I'm being inherently wasteful by utilizing this plastic bottle. Yeah, or I mean, hey, or at conventions, you don't like yep. you don't want to travel with your fancy bottle. Like, oh my god, and, and again, we were talking about this earlier. Is I think my biggest convention hack is a water bottle holder that I do have, and I have mm -hmm. taken to multiple conventions at this point. And it has a, I mean, I, I don't know if it comes with a carabiner or if you need a carabiner, but you know, that's easy to get. And yeah. you attach the carabiner to, in theory, the, the belt loop on your pants. As long as your pants have a belt loop, you can attach it there, cinch it, cinch up the little knob there, and it will, you know, dangle at your by your side. And it, it's a little weird to walk, I would say. You kind of got to figure out exactly which belt loop to use, because otherwise, you know, it's going to hit your knee repeatedly. <laughs> but uh, if you're smart about it and you're, you know, you're stout enough to be able to wander around and, you know, uh, hopefully not hit your leg too many times. Um, it, it, it's a great tool because you never need to carry your water ball around. You never need to worry about where it is because right. it's always right there. So I, I think that for folks out there going to conventions, going to events, any kind of thing, even, well, maybe even an FNM, I think that'd be a perfect kind of thing to have because then your water bottle is always there. You're not going to lose it. And again, you know, bring bring one of these with you probably so you don't lose your really nice water bottle i that's what i do so it's like if you lose this it's like three bucks for another one and you yeah. just refill it there, there's always a refilling station at these sorts of events the the organizers are very smart with that most most times i've found so it's easy to just refill that you don't need to buy another one just get one and you're and you're good yeah that's all good <laughs> conventions are definitely a, an experience that takes a custom to getting used to after your first oh. one. Oh yeah. Conventions. <laughs> oh man. Fun, fun times. I actually really love going to conventions. I probably go to more than I should, but uh, you um, know, that, it, 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 that's kind of the case when, uh, when you don't really have a normal LGS these days, which is right. kind of my situation right now. It's like, I don't really have that place uh, to go to right now. So conventions have kind of been the been that bridge there to allow me to just play a lot of magic you know utilize my weekends instead of sitting around watching tv or something to you know actually get out and play magic interact with people and uh yes i i, I would say that half the reason i cosplay is because i want to be uh egotistical it's like please look at me <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's 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 definitely fun going to conventions hanging out with cool people uh interacting with folks that you've never actually seen before but you've been right. interacting with online uh like you and i for like, instance. yeah we're, yeah where we're, it's like we we run each other at silicon dynasty it's like back back in uh, san jose in january there and it's yeah, like and hey yeah oh, it's like i don't really know you but i know you so yeah it's not awkward yeah it's like <laughs> it, it's only awkward if you make it awkward yeah i i i, I a really funny story uh about silicon dynasty was uh I wander in for, for the day of the tournament, right? Yeah. And uh, Faded MTG was there, mm -hmm. and he just kind of he's just kind of looking at me, 
it's like wait are, are you mtg in quarantine it's like yeah read the shirt man hey <laughs> yeah so I, I i really do enjoy stories like that where or um the story i had where with uh ryan from commander cookout yeah uh, for instance back back last year when i first met him and he comes over to our table. I'm in a pod, right? And uh, in an EDH pod. And we're just playing a game. He's just kind of hanging out. And it's like, hey, Ryan. He doesn't run. It's like, oh, hey, what, whatever. And yeah. so, so, so he kind of wanders away, comes back a few minutes later. He, I, I must have must had a board wipe or something because he actually saw my playmat out there. It's like, and then and then he, he got his hand out he hits the table multiple times that's like oh, oh, oh. he couldn't even say it he's like oh. it's like dude you're, you're freaking out here it's just, hi, I, hi. I, I, thought, I thought i thought you recognized me the first time but uh but, but yeah it, it, it was really funny just just like he, he couldn't say what he was thinking but I, I could read his body language yeah it was it was it was absolutely hilarious i will never uh for, forget that moment or um um same same event uh donny from uh, the filthy mtg casuals shout out to, to him and jen they're they're yeah. awesome people oh yeah and uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm wandering by. I see Donnie, who's very hard to miss because he's wearing I, I think the Shivam Casual Magic shirt. Okay. On, on yeah. there, so he's on like that really bright yellow that's impossible to miss. Right. And I I just kind of walk by and I just kind of point down. It's like, hey, Donnie, and he just gives me this, what the fuck is this guy <laughs> talking to? <laughs> and and it's just like because he's talking to someone else. And I just randomly walk up to him. And it's like, uh, yeah, I show him the shirt. And it's like, oh my god! And he just grabs me in this gigantic bear hug. It's like, ah! It was, it was so great that it's like, right at the end of the weekend there, it's like, you know what, Donnie? I, I need the bear hug. Otherwise, it's like, yeah. my day is ruined. It's like, I have to have... You You gave me the giant bear hug that's almost like the editor! Yeah, um, the, the ones, I'm strangling yeah, you. Yeah, 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 moment, <laughs> yeah the, the Princess Bride moment there, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's like I, I have to have this hug because it's just it's it's too too important to for me to you know not leave without this. So right, fun fun ways to introduce yourself to folks or you know have them recognize you in the most random possible way. Yeah, the conventions. I, I that's always my favorite is just seeing people. <laughs> That, like you've known online but like haven't maybe haven't seen their face at all or just like you've seen their face from like you know like photos they post on twitter or whatever but like you haven't actually met them and then the first time you meet them it's like yeah it's just the coolest thing ever be a little awkward too i mean uh it, it, especially since i mean it, it's kind of hard to figure out like boundaries too it's right. like you know it, it, do the does the person know you or do you just know them and yeah. it's, 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 you kind of have to be careful with with that a little bit too so i always find it helps with me it's like i when i'm not in my cosplay i'm always wearing my my logo shirt mm -hmm. i had it specially made at a mall <laughs> um, <laughs> you know because i didn't know again you could get this kind of stuff online you know right. so i uh you know go to the mall get that thing custom screen printed one of one so even if someone goes on my shop which uh you should definitely check out my link tree if you want to find merch options uh, <laughs> shameless plug right but anyway um uh, there will never yeah. <laughs> there will never be another one shirt like that it's kind of like the one ring the one right. mtg and quarantine shirt to rule them all 
um because <laughs> i there i probably sold one <laughs> but yeah you know um yeah it i, I that really helps people recognize me because again i'm i don't necessarily show my face as much online um you know <laughs> without the cosplay because you know i, I kind of like showing off the cosplay a, li a little bit when, when yeah. i do that and i don't just show like a lot of parts of my life or anything like a lot of folks do on twitter it's like usually it's magic related so you know it's like a lot of people probably don't know necessarily what i look like especially when i'm just at an event so right. the shirt is kind of like the perfect icebreaker saying i know you probably don't recognize me as me here's yeah. the shirt if you see the shirt and you recognize it you're you probably someone i've interacted with online at right. some point now please introduce yourself in a way that i'm I can recognize you because I may not please, know you or it's like yourself by the tag. I might know you as not oh, man. by your real I, name. I, I don't know. Is it, it the usernames are great, but it's like, I, I really like uh, having a, a name that I can call someone. It's it just for me, usernames feel kind of impersonal. Hmm. So, so it's like, un, unless I specifically ask and you would like to be called by your username, yeah. I will. But again, that's, that's something you just ask. You establish that in the first 15 seconds. Right. And exactly. and then you're and then you're all good. I mean, I, I love conventions. I love meeting people. Frankly, um, you know, the conventions are kind of secondary, just hanging out with your friends at this point. Oh, yeah. The, the, just that's that's why you go anyway. Like, yeah, the convention's fine. It's just it's just a, a meeting place. It's it, it's the agreed meeting place that all your friends are going to be at. <laughs> it's the it's the biggest LGS you could ever have for three days of chaos. <laughs> and then everyone just comes down from uh, post con syndrome and everyone's super depressed. <gasps> post -con, the, oh, post con fall. The, the, the day after conventions is always so rough. I oh, hate yeah. I hate going home. You know, because it's, yeah. it's like getting on a plane and flying home and getting into the airport late at night and having to go home and then get to bed. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go to work tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I remember at Minneapolis, my train ride on the way back was like 14 hours. <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty awful. Um, Brutal yeah uh, like it was expected to like arrive so i live like three hours south of chicago so like okay. the first train from minneapolis to chicago was expected to arrive at like i think five in the afternoon or something like that and then like my train out home was at eight thirty, and so i'm like okay cool i have like two and a half ish hours to kill in chicago and i have a bunch of friends in, up in chicago so i was like okay I'll like yeah, go yeah, get yeah. like lunch dinner or whatever with them uh no the 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 train was like two and a half hours late so it, it gets in union station at like 7 40 and i'm like are you kidding me like i am so hungry but the train i'm about to take is going to leave in 20 minutes like i can't leave and so my friends they expected me to come there at like around 5 36 so they were just kind of waiting <laughs> at the train station. And they were like, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, no, we got delayed. It's great. But I, I'm very thankful to my friend Marco who bought me a sandwich at a sandwich shop right outside Union Station that closed <laughs> at like 7.30. <laughs> so. That's a great thing about train stations is you can still go in and meet someone there and not have to go through security. It's not like the airport. Right. I'm, 
unless they've changed things in Chicago. But at least that's been my experience. Yeah. You can still just walk right up to the train and hand someone a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. They like, like I walked out to the main hall because there was like enough time that I could just chill out for like twenty minutes and like. But still, it's just like oh, really. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is a nice train station in Chicago. That one I actually have been through. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny train story. <laughs> yeah. like, let me tell you the story of getting to Comic-Con last year. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, I'm, I'm going to go up to Emerald City Comic-Con, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take the train up, meet my cousin who lives up along the way. And yeah. I'm going to stay over and then we're going to drive up the next day. And mm-hmm. so I have my suitcase with my cosplay in there. There was only one of those at the time. I, I know right. multiple cosplays, but there was only the one at the time. So I've got that in my giant bag, which you can't see over my shoulder, but it's there. Yeah. Okay. And you know, we're ready for me going to Anaheim here in a couple of days for, for Command Fest. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, got, got that taken care of. I got everything I need. Go down to the train station. It's like, okay, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to get up there like 9.30. We can hang out, go to bed, and then get up at a decent time to drive up. And, well, the train was an hour late to start, (gasps) which sucked, which unfortunately Amtrak doesn't really tell you the train is late. No, it doesn't. I mean, (laughs) the website did sort of, but no one at the station was saying anything. Yeah, which which kind of sucks because at least at least when you're at the airport, they'll at least kind of tell you that oh hey yeah we have a delay or something. It's like you, you can deal with it, but not knowing, you know what <laughs> what the hell is going on is the worst. So, but that's not the worst thing that happened on that trip. Yeah. So finally, bored like an hour hour and a half late. It's already you know seven thirty eight o'clock. So it's like I'm gonna get up there, you know ten ten thirty. It's like okay, my my night is not ruined. I'm right. still gonna get up there at a decent time. Everything's gonna work out. Huh, let me let me tell you about the train ride. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, and, and and this is not a smack at Amtrak. This actually wasn't their fault. Yeah. But um, get through the next the next station. Mm-hmm. Everything's going fine. I have no one sitting next to me, which is awesome. Oh, that's so the I've got perfect. Full that's the dream. Kind of window seat. No uh. one sitting next to me in coach. Oh, the dream. I I, I know. It's like, I I don't know what was going on because I refused to buy. I I wasn't going very far, so I refused to spend the extra like $30 to get business class. Right. If I was going all the way up to Seattle, yeah, business class is the way to go. But um, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's like, okay, so so I go through the station. All right. You know, people are getting on. Fine, fine. Hey, no one's sitting next to me. Awesome. Nice. Um, and yeah, what what ended up happening happened in my car, or at least the end and end of the other end of my car. And apparently, I, I, I yeah, I'm sitting at the opposite end of the car, so I kind of see this. Um, I've got my headphones on and everything, so I kind yeah. of experienced what happened. Guy starts freaking out when the train takes off. And okay. pulls the emergency brake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so what ends up happening is the train grinds to a halt. And for yeah. the next hour to hour and a half, 
were basically sitting there and then and then we moved to a side yard to get off the tracks because there was commercial uh, freight traffic going through there as well. Okay. <laughs> and so so what you apparently learn what happens when you pull an emergency brake when you stop a train on Amtrak. This is a federal offense. So oh. alleged. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so not only not, not only did they have to stop the train because you know the train actually stops because the emergency brake actually forces it's, the train to stop. It actually works. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So it's, it's great. I mean, you're demonstrating the fact that the infrastructure actually works, which is great. Except. You're not an authorized personnel to do this. <laughs> so, so what ends up happening is, um, you know, the security guards on the train have to stop. They have to detain this guy. But, you know, they can't arrest him until actual city police show up. Well, you know, oh they, 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 have, they have to get scrambled for this. And then Amtrak <laughs> officials have to show up after the the perpetrator's been taken into custody oh Amtrak officials God. have to actually have to come in on the scene oh, oh that's right because it is a federal offense so technically yeah. city police can't actually do anything because it's not their jurisdiction so not, Amtrak yeah. security has to show up and take oh care of this God. issue and there's no announcements no nothing going on Fortunately, this was in my. This was happening in my car. So, like the fifteen can, or so people who were in there, and I. It. It's like we we sort of knew what was going on, which was a lifesaver, honestly. Yeah. Because if I had been in any other car, I would have just been ripping my hair out. Yeah. And because the thing is, is I didn't have, or it's like my iPod was starting to die. Yes, I still use an iPod. I'm one of those people. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's like, this thing is starting to die because I didn't charge it, you know, going up there. And there's no charger on in the oh. coach. So it's like, oh, crap. It's like, I did not, so I, I have my power bank with me, but I miss must've been nearly out of battery or something. It's like, mm -hmm. I was going to go up, I was going to charge it overnight, then I was going to take it to Comic-Con. I guess I just had forgotten to charge it that day or something i it yeah. seemed like it was a busy day or something but anyway, that's an aside but now i've actually seen what happens when someone gets arrested on amtrak <laughs> and I, I i ended up showing up at, at the station which is not that really that far away from my starting point when you think about it like yeah three hours late <laughs> And it's eleven thirty. Oh <laughs> so basically, uh. I'm standing outside this train station, which is closed, by the way. Um, <laughs> wait, waiting for my cousin to show up, and it's like, and with my giant ass suitcase, right, and, and, and all my stuff. It's like this is in, in in the middle of a town where it's like it's super dark. It's like this oh is really because I, I will. I, I'm obviously not going to name town names to, to protect the innocent here, but sure. Um, it, it, it it's not a major city. Yeah. along said route so you know it yeah it was not a great experience so that was the last time i took amtrak like it was the only time i've actually had a bad experience with amtrak honestly which has been yeah. pretty nice but i will never forget the hoops i jumped through to get to comic-con um and, via, yeah, via trains like it was a great idea and it yeah. would have worked and mm -hmm. so allegedly the story ended up being Oh, later that the guy was apparently helping someone get their bags onto the train and then just didn't have a chance to get off. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait a second. This is not like a tiny ass city where they have no one there. It's like, there's a conductor on the platform yeah. and, and, and people it's like the station is still open at this time. 
Right. If every single one's like, if you have to ask someone, they will help get your bag on board, you know? Right. It's like, why is you getting some other like relative or something to get this, get this stuff on and then have to run off the train. it's like, this is the most moronic thing I've heard of on Amtrak. <laughs> it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Uber, you know? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was the, the most random story. And, I, I I remember I had a, a notepad with me that evening, because <laughs> um, like I, so so full disclosure, I was trying to come up with an episode description. This is right after Dominaria United came out, so I, I was starting to think of like, okay. oh hey, which planeswalkers are going to be completed? I can make a great episode out out of this. Yeah, so it's like I'm, I'm so I'm going to you know sketch out a few notes as I'm on the write up. Seems like something about that time I I would release an episode on. And mm-hmm. after all that happened, it just, you know what? Screw it. Screw I don't it. care anymore. <laughs> it's like, it, frankly, this is not helping my mental state. I never ended up recording that episode. And I think ah, it was dang. partially because of that. It's like, you know yeah. what? Just even th- looking at these notes, it's like, oh, no, not, not, mm-hmm. not. I, I don't even want to think about that again. So yeah. I, I didn't end up writing that episode. And it was really, I think, partially just because of that uh, unfortunate incident. That's... right there so yes i have now seen what happens on amtrak when when you <laughs> screw up screw royal and yeah it's like people are still going through they're going to the the bistro car and everything but yeah it's like i'm not hungry i'm just frustrated yeah, i'm just mad <laughs> yeah so and anyway that that's my silly so I, I completely understand like crappy train story yeah that's my probably most insane travel story was when I was going to Vegas for MagicCon last year. Oh, nice. Um, so my, my plan was because because the awkward part of my town is the airport in my town. It's so expensive to fly out of. It's just cheaper to take the train up to Chicago and then take the subway from Union Station to one of the two airports to either O'Hare or yep. Midway and then fly out of there. Yep. So like the plan... My, so my plan was like I left I think like Thursday morning like my train left at ten it would get in Chicago around like one one thirty ish and then my flight out of Midway was at like I think like five or six p.m. so like I had a good like a good bit of leeway okay flying Southwest nice right yay <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and. Don't ask me I, how I know this. Just uh, experience <laughs> having flown sure. uh, Southwest or Midwest. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, but so the um, so I like text my friend uh, asking if he can like give me a ride to the train station that morning. If not, like no big deal. Like there's a bus ride that like is a five minute walk from my house. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Takes yeah. me right to the station. Um, so I text my friend and like the plane is like he like yeah he's he's good. And then he texts me like Wednesday afternoon. He's like oh wait I actually have a class. Tomorrow, like I can't take you. Which is like, I'm like okay, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll I'll take the bus. Like I I have like way he gave me like way enough. I had like time to let me know. Uh, my stupid ass misses the bus. Oh, so I catch oh. another bus that is entering the train station as the train is leaving. Leaving. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I don't have. A train ride so but like i have like good like five six hours of leeway so i just look up the shuttle bus and like okay there's a shuttle bus that takes me not just union station right to midway okay so that's cool and it gives me like it's not a lot of leeway like it gives me like 40 minutes to run through tsa which you know like 
not the greatest, but this is what it's... I will say is if you have the opportunity, do not go through the regular line. Get pre-check or get pre clear or yes. something. Yes. Because seriously, I... pre-check is another hack that I've had mm -hmm. for years, and it is amazing. Especially it's... with magic cards. Oh my this god. This is yeah. very important. Is do not go through the regular line if you don't yeah. have to. Seriously, it's it's super e if you're able to anyway. Um, right. but, but, but if, if you have the means to be able to do that, I, I know money is tight for, for a lot of folks, but if, if you, and, and then also the process is a little bit funky, but yeah, if you can funky, get, yeah. if you can get through the process, I, I cannot recommend it enough. How much time I have saved at some very busy airports with yeah. pre-check, not, not even just for magic events. I remember running through uh, Newark airport and it's like, <laughs> my flight leaves in like 30 minutes yeah and i i run through run through security with with pre-check i they were boarding my plane when i got there so yeah. yep yeah. that's that's a game <laughs> like like we get to the airport and i like sprint like i'm just full-on sprint like with all your bags and everything yeah right, yeah with with my suitcase <laughs> and my backpack of magic cards. like i'm just full break sprinting <laughs> and my flight is at the back of the the airport because of course oh, it man. is and I'm just like, like I have not run like that hard since like I was in middle school cross country. Like I was just booking it. And when I get there, I thought my flight had left because like the people were ready for the next flight. I'm like, ah, damn, oh, I missed man. the flight. Flight attendant walks out of the room, and I like run up to her. I'm like, is the flight to Vegas still like? Is it still boarding? And she's like, you are the last person on this flight. Like you, if you were 10 seconds later, we were gone. Yep. They were closing the door and that was it. And I made it on that flight and. Oh boy. And you made it to Vegas. And I made it to Vegas. And I was just like, Question, this, are yeah. you coming to Vegas this year? Absolutely not. Oh. Vegas. Uh, -uh I am not. Vegas is not my vibe. It Fair is enough. Not my vibe. Fair enough. I I can I can definitely understand that. I uh, full disclosure. I spent a little bit of time down there in the valley, living there, and mm, yeah. you know it's it's a lot different when you actually live there versus right. when you're just visiting. But yeah, I, I completely understand the the not being in with the vibe of like of, this, of, of everything. This is Sin City this is, is too much. A, Sin City is a, a a place. You <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 it sure is a place on planet Earth. <laughs> on uh, on a map, and uh, there's a lot of folks out there who do say Las Vegas should not exist, and I can't completely uh, say they're wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, I mean, the fact that it's just a giant oasis out in the middle of a desert where there's no water, um, kind of astounding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but but also makes people think that Las Vegas should not exist. Just for yeah. the fact that, like, it, it, there's literally no reason it should exist. Is if there's no what, because they pump in all their water, right? So it's like the, there's no reason Vegas should, you know, be on the map. Yet it is. <laughs> so it, 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 it's astounding how that works. I will never understand, <laughs> you know, everything that went into it. Um, you yeah. Know, exactly how it is able to exist, but it is, it is remarkable how it can exist. And there's, there's a lot of cool stuff to do down in Vegas too, but. Uh, you know, there's it also, you know, kind of overrated. It's kind of overrated it's in my lot. opinion, but whatever. That's just me. yeah. Feel free to, I, to at me in the comments on that one. Actually, uh, please, don't, also, please don't. Please don't at me in the comments on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you can at me. I you can you can you can at me if you think Vegas is great. 
cool. It's different for strokes for different folks, I would yeah, say. That, is it, it, yeah. it, there when I was down there, there was some cool stuff because uh, you know, again, disclosure, I still kind of follow the NBA. Right. So, so you know, going to the Las Vegas Summer League right in town was super awesome. Mm, yeah. So it's like a lot of people would fly in for that. I was living there, so I had a friend visiting me at the time. It's like, and so we just went to a whole day of the Summer League. That was awesome. Got some autographs, awesome. got to play with the picture, just got to see a lot of basketball and just got to hang out. And it's like, that yeah. is the kind of thing that I loved about Vegas was like, you don't have to be into the gambling and the partying aspect of Vegas to have a good time down there. There's always something for everyone. One of my right. enduring memories, honestly, was buying the city pass and, mm. you know, over the course of two weekends, just going and checking out a couple of the touristy events. I mean, yeah. Um, I, one of the, the coolest things I did down there was see the Titanic exhibit at the Luxor. Uh, if you know Ooh. anything about me, I am a history nerd. Um, mm. I do hold a bachelor's degree in history, actually. And just, you know, seeing this really cool, interactive, immersive experience at a pyramid-shaped hotel, um, <laughs> you know, it was actually really awesome. So, you know, th there's... If you ever find yourself down in Vegas with nothing to do for like two days, you don't have to hang out in the casinos. There's plenty of other stuff to do. Also, go downtown, check out Fremont Street. It is yeah. amazing, and not enough people are hanging out there. But if you have disposable income and you want a thrill, they do actually have a zip line over Ooh. over like four city blocks and you can for two different costs you can either like regular little zip lines you know you're kind of sitting like this and you mm -hmm. go with your feet down below or you could do the superman pose and you're a yeah. hundred feet in the air going over like these four or five enclosed city blocks where it's just all pedestrian pathway there is no car traffic down there it's awesome Dang. So, yeah, again, for anyone out there listening who may be going to MagicCon Vegas for this year, um, definitely check out Fremont Street. Get off the strip. Actually go into the community. Go downtown. There's a lot of cool stuff and is so much cheaper than the strip. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I went to one of the hotels there. Again, I can never remember exactly which one because all the casinos back up to each other on Fremont street. But it's like, yeah. I, I went and I got a really kick-ass sandwich for like $11. And yes. like, it, it, this is like what it, it would be in a normal city. Right. Yeah. And I can get this in Vegas. If I go to the, if I go to the strip, this is going to be 22 50. Yeah. And for the same sandwich. And it's not going to taste as good as me getting it for $11 with chips at a casino yeah. downtown. So it's like, that is literally my tip for anyone going to vegas is if you have the means either stay downtown or at least hang out downtown part of the time i know it's gonna be at the convention center uh this event so it's kind of it's much closer to the strip than you know than downtown but if you you know honestly if you do a ride share or even just take the bus honestly the the system down there they have a very good way to get up and down the strip on the rtc snv Yes, and, and, and I did take that a few times when I was living down there. So I know the connections personally, and I'm kind of a bus guy as well. So I, I always yeah. kind of like learning how to get around on public transportation in any city I go to because it saves me a lot of money, especially if I don't yes. have to Uber or Lyft to the airport at least one way. If I can get there on a train or something, it saves me 30 bucks. You right. know, that's, that's $30 I can spend on food. So yeah, you know, yeah so it. it I would say that, you know, downtown Vegas is not nearly played up enough. And if you're down there with time to kill, um, 
yeah, definitely, definitely check out downtown because it's it's everything the strip is just not as extravagant and not as ridiculous. I would say it's kind of like what the strip could be. It's still cool and everything. It's just not overly Over in your top. face. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if everything you were mentioning. It's like Vegas is a lot when you're on the strip. I know I've been to every yeah. casino there except the Westgate, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but but other than that, it's like downtown is a lot more chill vibe. There, there's still stuff to do down there, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit more out of the way, I would say. So it's it's kind of nice to to get out of the strip uh, environment and uh, you know just uh, just see what there is to do there at an actually decent price. Yeah. So how how many conventions have you been to? Oh man, how many conventions have I have I been to? Um, <laughs> let me think here. Well, there was the uh, convention that happened like three weeks after I started playing. That mm-hmm. was back. Um, so yeah, so I started playing Magic again, May of twenty nineteen. I want to say. Sure. So War. So I basically started the weekend War of the Spark came out. So nice. maybe it was April. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I I remember that one. There was a convention in my town. I was living mm. in New England at the time, so I was living in Rhode Island at the time, and um, they had the Command Fest Providence, or sorry, mm. no, sorry, uh, GP Providence, Providence. Okay. Uh, there yeah. and sorry, I, I I'm using antiquated terms now. <laughs> Grand Prix, <laughs> what is this? Main yeah. events, what is this? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so so there was GP Providence, which was really funny because. Um, everyone was coming down from Boston in the Boston area, Massachusetts. Because if you know mm-hmm. anything about geography of Massachusetts, actually, you don't even need to know anything. Boston is yeah, larger Boston than Providence is... by right. many times. But the funny thing is, is that um, one company called Hasbro is <laughs> in Rhode Island. So oh. they end up actually, actually, they're, they're up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is mm-hmm. uh, close to the Massachusetts border. Not quite there. I've actually been by it. But, um, yeah, um, so instead of being up in Boston, they instead of were closer to the corporate headquarters and down in Providence, which worked out for me, which is great. So yeah. I, I, I go there, I got hooked on just the atmosphere, the experience, you know, I, I was just there. I played my first sealed event there. I was awful at it, but you know, yeah, the, you, you got to start somewhere, right? I had no one, yeah. to, I had no friends, no one to really talk me through this stuff. So it's like, I, I was, I just been playing for less than a month and I'm already the GP experiencing the hall you know seeing all the vendors is where i bought my first real cards out of a bulk box which ends up being mm-hmm. kind of a big thing for me because i love <laughs> trawling through bulk boxes like everyone at conventions is always you know ooh, that cool thing in the glass case it's like a 50 dollar. oh hey do you have a mana crypt um and yeah. for me it's like score bulk box bulk rares you know yeah i i love digging through that whole thing and seriously i did an episode on this like three weeks ago talking mm-hmm. called the bulk bin phenomenon where i literally just talk about the thrill of the chase going through bulk bin because you just like with forrest gump you never know what you're going to find <laughs> in the box yep. so yeah it, it, it's a funky episode but i think one that kind of really sums up what what, what i'm all about but anyway that's another aside let's see so i did that <laughs> one i did another gp before covid Right. So then that shut things down. But since being a content creator, I have to count here. Uh, let's see, two, three. Well, Silicon doesn't count as a convention, so. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
I want to say six and counting and not not counting Command Fest this weekend. Okay. Nice. I, so, yeah. so, so six that I've been since COVID. So eight total that I've right. been to. That's that's cool. How how many of those have you done like a cosplay for? I assume not for how, Providence. How but... no 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 I I, I just really started <laughs> playing the game. Right. Um, yeah. Actually, all six that ever since COVID. Oh I, really? I, yeah. So that. How about I do the cosplay story here real quick? Yeah, let's, um, let's, uh, I do want to hear this cosplay story. Yeah, so uh, the the funny thing about it was I remember in 2019 when I was at the, the second GP, mm-hmm. I remember that there were some cosplayers sitting over at another table. They, okay. they were playing over, I guess, over Twitch. I'm not really sure. They were playing over some sort of streaming platform. Obviously, I didn't go over there and talk to them. I was kind of intimidated by it. But right. anyway, I just remember kind of looking at them. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Why <laughs> you? You look so stupid. Well, again, you know, it's like I I didn't understand at the time. It's like you yeah. look so fucking stupid. You know, well, I wouldn't want to be caught dead looking like that. And you you fast forward to to COVID, and it's like I, I I'm serious. I am I'm unabashedly willing to admit that I thought cosplay was fucking stupid back in the day. <laughs> Yeah. And because it, it's like it, it feels like a very common reaction for a lot of folks um, in, in our community, unfortunately, is like the, there's right. still a lot of backlash towards doing that. So mm-hmm. it's like I, I fully admit that, that was me once upon a time. But yeah. anyway, you, you start with COVID. It's like, OK, we can't have conventions anymore. I miss conventions. OK, so that's how this all starts out. It's like I miss going to the game store. I miss conventions. We have spell table, but that's not the same. It's, so yeah, I I miss conventions is how yeah. this all started. Okay. And then we fast forward to I guess the end of 2020, early 2021. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I I jumped on Twitter right after COVID started. So that's where MTG and quarantine actually does come from. Was I just had this idea, it's like, hey, we can still play magic in the quarantine period. So yeah. there's my fun little origin story. And the the whole Ulamog thing came by about a little bit later when, when I actually think I need a logo. But anyway, that, that's a yeah. whole another story. I, I can go into it later, but that's not, not relevant to this story. But anyway, sure. so it's like I, I've been on Twitter for like six, seven months. I'm, I'm starting to come around more on the cosplay. It's like, you know, actually, this is kind of cool, kind of neat. It's like I, I'm getting more into the lore of, right. the, of the game. And it's like, you know, this is starting to bring me in into the game, get me invested. I mean, I could honestly run and go get uh, the picture I have framed. The, sure. It is not on my wall. I I will go get that here in a moment. Okay, so it's like I I found a favorite card. You know, when I, when I was really new to the game, I pulled it from a promo pack, and it's still one of my favorite cards of all time. Oh, Raska Relic Seeker. Yeah. And it's like it, it, I pulled it in the promo pack. It's like this is a super powerful card, and I also really like the character, and I I think that really helped me start getting into the lore. Was like that pack, that card. It's yeah. like, hey, I want to learn what's so fucking cool about this card because it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a Gorgon pirate. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in a, in a game of Magic. You know, I didn't realize that this game could actually have a really interesting story. I want to mm-hmm. know what what's going on here, and that kind of got me into learning more about the lore. And then I really started to understand more. Like, I started being interested in the characters. So all of a sudden, the cosplayers who were doing the characters I understood, it's like, hey, this is actually really cool. Yeah. And I 
kind of want to do that. I, I guess I'm enough of a narcissist. I kind of want to do that because <laughs> it, it gives me an excuse to go to conventions, which, and the problem right now right. is I miss I conventions. Can't go to conventions. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I ended up just uh, hatching this dumb idea. It's like, I kind of want to cosplay, but I don't have any skill. It's like, I, I don't know how to sew. I, I really don't have the time or interest because it's like, that's a lot of money. And like, mm -hmm. I really don't feel like going out anywhere to, you know, going to stores to buy, buy stuff. Cause you know, we, with Delta, with Omicron variants, like I really don't want to go out to stores very often if I don't have to. Yeah. So it's like, well, can I come up with a costume that one people recognize and two, um, can I buy stuff online and, mm -hmm. and kind of make it look close to the card? Right. And I don't really know how it ended up happening, but I, I ended up uh, realizing that cosplaying a particular character was going to be very difficult because it was going to require a lot of extra work. And I just I'm, I'm kind of lazy on that one. But also, you know, <laughs> it takes an eye of someone who is far more talented at craft crafting than I am. Yeah. So it's like, well, what, what can I do where I can just buy generic pieces online and kind of mm -hmm. put them all together? And ultimately ended up going through a whole lot of cards, just like generic cards. Ended up landing on the tireless tracker because yeah. it looks cool. And I realized, hey, you know, when I break down this com these component parts, I can probably find everything I need, yeah. you know, online and make something halfway decent. So I remember getting all of these pieces coming in. Um, I, I wasn't able to put them on immediately because I, I had a procedure done. Mm. So it's like, you know, okay, I I can't really get off my butt for like a week. <laughs> so it's like, okay, but I'm super excited because some of the pieces have already shown up. I just can't put them on because I could barely walk right now. Right. You know, it's like you walking with a walker and everything after surgery really sucks, honestly. Mm -hmm. But anyway... So it's like, I'm, I'm really excited. I finally put the pieces on. It wasn't even halfway done. It's like, you know, there's real potential here. This looks really cool. And finally put all the pieces together, got the last little bit that I needed and put it together. It's like, wow, this is really fucking amazing that yeah. I was able to put this together just by buying stuff on Amazon, honestly. It's like, I, I, I don't necessarily like saying, well, actually, no, it, what happened wasn't even Amazon. It's like a few pieces were. Um, MedievalCollectibles.com actually ended up being perfect for what I was looking for. So shout mm. out to them for having a lot of pieces um, of things I need. But yeah, mostly, like, if, if you really think about my costume, and again, I wish I had a picture on me that I could show, but I guess I don't. Not, not in this kind of format anyway. Um, yeah. Of uh, me in the costume. But um, yeah, if you really think about the components of what I'm doing, it's actually not all that complicated. I'm, we talked about this in the pre-show, obviously, but I'm wearing a brown Eddie Bauer flannel shirt, yeah, a pair of tactical cargo pants, and hiking boots with gaiters yeah. over them. It's like this is this is the backbone of my costume, mm -hmm. and and, so, and and then obviously there's there's other stuff on top of it to kind of get your eye to not pay attention. The fact that I'm wearing a brown Eddie Bauer flannel shirt, tactical right. cargo pants, and hiking boots. Um, so it's like I, I've got all my gauntlets, um, the, the the neck mantle, everything, um, and I used to have another shirt, some belts and things like that and obviously the twin swords that i have which are foam um yeah 
interesting story about this. I actually bought a originally bought a pair of actual sharp um, swords <laughs> um, in, 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 in a very um, stupid attempt to try to come up with something. And they came in and I remember opening the box and actually poking the end. like, ow, damn it. <laughs> this is not going to work. I don't think they're going to allow me to take a metal sword into uh, in into a convention so i had to go get no. a foam. I, I had to go get foam swords but fortunately yeah. those have worked out but yeah i i and funny funny story is uh, a fellow cosplayer zbex who is actually a professional at this um oh yeah I, I, there was a thread last year about someone was interested in learning how to cosplay and was looking for tips and tricks and mm -hmm. obviously bex and i uh, had, had hung out a while at multiple conventions by this point so so I she she responded. I'm looking at Twitter. I I add something to yeah. to this response and just say like, hey, you know, you don't have to overthink what it is. I just took these cargo pants, hiking boots, and gaiters that I bought separately, and it's like this is all you really need to do. You don't have to overthink it. And she's basically ends up saying, wow, I never knew you weren't wearing boots, like actual boots. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, probably because you're never staring at my feet. Yeah, <laughs> that would be weird. But, um, you know, it's like I, I'm able to cover this well enough. So it's like I even fooled someone who's actually into this sort of thing. Yeah. So, so it's like if, if you ever look closely, you can easily tell that there's a different <laughs> shade uh, gradation of color yeah. between the boots and the gaiters. But again, the point is, and I, and I want to stress this enough, is that I think a lot of folks are really, really afraid uh, to try cosplaying out because it, it seems very, very, very complicated. And it is. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not going to tell you how uh, imposter syndromed I was at uh, Minneapolis when I actually watched the cosplay contest because, like, you know, I'm, I'm standing oh, yeah. I'm standing there in my full costume and it's like I feel so inadequate <laughs> next to the, <laughs> next to these other people, some of whom I, I already know and I'm friends with in the community, but also a lot of folks I've never run into right. as well. And it's like, holy crap. You know, I feel talented. I, I feel very <laughs> inadequate right now, and it it, it sucks. You know, yeah. but but again, when you make those connections and you meet the other cosplayers, like they celebrate you for what you've been able to do. Mm -hmm. I, I I knew quite a few people up on that stage, and yeah. like the fact that they accept me as one of them is the biggest thing I think people don't understand about the cosplay community is like. Yes, I'm sure there's probably some toxic elements if you're just like really going into competitions. But my experience in the MTG cosplay community is like everyone just wants to help everyone else. Yeah. And we are willing to bend over backwards to give tips and tricks to folks who legitimately want to get put, want to put their feet into this proverbial pool, you know, and, yeah. and just test the waters. It's like I'm I'm willing to tell people it's like you know I, I've I've done multiple episodes on my podcast about this. It's like you don't have to know how to sew if you could just find the raw materials anywhere or you know heaven forbid buy them like I did. Right. Um, just come up with a vision, do it, and show up. I mean, yeah. Are, are people gonna dump on you? Probably the worst thing that can happen for, for at least in my at least in my experience. And again, I know that this is not the same for everyone. I understand mm -hmm. harassment is a thing and I don't like yeah. it. Uh, but anyway, um, it's like the worst thing that has happened to me anyway is basically kind of getting a cold shoulder. It's like people don't care. Yeah. But it's like, and yes, unfortunately, I know it could get a lot worse. So that that may be something stopping people from cosplaying. Um, yeah. Especially for marginalized groups. So 
I, unfortunately, that is an issue where we'll never be able to stamp that out. But if we can at least be positive as a community, that right there, I would like to think at least makes up for some of that potential windfall or some of that potential problem. So, yeah, it's it, it's really trying to just pay it forward to to the next folks who want to say, hey, I want to give this a try. So I'm always really happy to see people on my timeline, um, whether it's I'm a friend with them already or whether it's just a retweet from one of my cosplayer friends. It's like I, I love seeing that people are just asking questions, you know, inquiring about what they should do. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give a big shout out to to Nick, also known as at Yoggoth. Yeah. Um, who was like, I, I remember seeing him, I, I really hadn't interacted with him too much. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing him say, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cosplay as Yogmoth. So, yeah. and, and, and like six months later, go through the whole process. I, I run into him at Philly and it's like, holy crap, this is an amazing costume. This is your first costume. And yeah. it, it, it was amazing seeing that thing come, you know, come full circle. It's like, you know, someone was interested they spent the time they learned how to you know actually craft um, armor and everything and they put in the time but again i think i'm a testament to saying you don't have to necessarily do that there was someone at uh magicon philly who cosplayed as the blue mana symbol that's so awesome (laughs) yeah and i love that (laughs) seriously look it up on youtube it is there um, and it's it, it, it's basically just a giant like uh, you know like M M&M and M suit if it covered most of your upper body and it's just yeah. a blue mana symbol. <laughs> it's like this this is all yeah, it has that... to be. You know you, you don't have to overthink this stuff. So yeah, I mean I I can't compete at these obviously because I did not actually make these from hand by hand. Right. So I'm not allowed to and and also you know competing is just not my thing for for that yeah. sort of thing. I I would rather just go there and support my friends and fellow cosplayers. You mm-hmm. know, with their with their pursuit because they're putting in the time, and I want to make sure that I'm there to support them. So it, it's just a giant community thing, and obviously with with the way our community is so toxic sometimes, it's nice yeah. to be able to kind of inject a little bit of a community in there in in a niche of a niche community, I would say. Right. So that that's my cosplaying story, honestly, and. I mean, I really didn't even have a connection to the tireless tracker at the time because, like, I I wasn't playing during Shadows Block, right. so. But what, what's really funny about it, and, and like half the people I run into think I'm a pirate, because that outfit kind of does sort of yeah, look like it, a pirate. it, it like, kind of does. It, it's not. But also, my... like the card in general, like, kind of looks like a pirate if you. Like, yeah. don't know it's from Innistrad, where Innistrad you know, yeah. doesn't have pirates. And it, it, it's the problem, the fact that all the Innistrad humans are wearing tricorner hats for whatever yes! reason. That's, I yes, don't exactly. know why, but that <laughs> is the reason why people think that. I got yeah. pissed off at, at Comic-Con. <laughs> Same <laughs> Comic-Con uh, with my Amtrak story. Went. It's like, oh, someone's on their phone. It's like, oh, yeah, next to so-and-so. And that pirate. It's like, god damn it. I'm not a fucking pirate. Um, but, um, you know, the, the, the most Jack Sparrow way of saying this. <laughs> it's like, I'm, but, but you have heard of me. Um, but you have heard of me. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, so it's like, the way I look at it is like, some people are going to recognize it. it's a little bit harder because obviously, but, you know, when I'm walking around, it's hard to tell. I look like right. pirates. And because, you know, Ixalan had pirates that look kind of like the Innistrad humans. I get it. But mm-hmm. as soon as I do the, what I call the money pose, you know, the pose that is on the card, people yeah. recognize it so much faster 
Because right. like, oh my god, memory. And then they proceed to tell me about how they used to love playing the Tireless Tracker in Shadows Limited or Standard mm. or even just like Modern, I guess, back when it was a, a staple, which goes yeah. back a few years, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, people are also willing to tell me about how much they enjoyed the card. So I actually end up kind of getting this weird little human connection out of the cosplay. It's like, it, it, it's not just, hey, I like your character, I like your cosplay. Sometimes it literally ends up being, oh, I remember when. And yeah. it, it's kind of cool to, to make that connection to people. It's like, not only is it a card that they recognize, but it's also they have a personal connection to that card. And honestly, there, there's a lot of people who still have an opinion on this card. I mean, Gavin Verhey just uh, posted yeah. it. I, I, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, last I think it was last month. Um, yeah, talking was... about is is tireless tracker technically card draw because of yeah. the investigate ability and i you know a lot of people are saying yeah it is or no it isn't it's like i, I can see both ways i i look at it yeah. kind of like it is card draw but i understand people don't think it is because yeah. it because it kind of deferred delayed card draw but basically, mm -hmm. I said, I don't know if it's any good, but it makes a kick-ass cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I actually got quite a bit of a, a Twitter engagement out of there, out, out of that mm -hmm. one. It's like, you know, just putting yeah. it up there, people recognize it. And I, yeah. I, I love it. It's like, it doesn't even have to be a character, um, the, you know, a, a named character. It can literally just be a card. And right. people can still identify with it. So, yeah, it... it the cosplaying has ended up being the journey I didn't know I needed until I wanted to do that. And I cosplay at every event I, I go to now. So it's like nowadays when, when I do the podcast, like, you know, I'm, I'm a podcaster, but I feel like the, the cosplay more is more what I'm known for nowadays, at least on, mm -hmm. on Twitter. It's like, I don't know if anyone listens to my podcast. Honestly, I mean, my numbers probably could be better. Everyone's numbers could be better. Yeah. But, but I feel like people can recognize the cost, the cosplay. That that yeah. is kind of more what I become known for because I wear it so often and I've met so many people. And they, you know, they're inspired to hopefully give it a try for themselves. So unfortunately, the tireless tracker is not nearly as good as it used to be. Damn you, tireless provisioner, for being so damn efficient. <laughs> but never, never forget uh, the tireless tracker for being in there. And and I do actually, um, I had my version put on a proxy, printed it out. So anytime I play a tireless oh, tracker in my yes. deck, it is actually me on it's the card. Yeah, actually you. And That's awesome. Uh, and, and yeah, and the other the other fun aside, and so. Yeah, I typically try to take a deck with with green in it that I'm running the tracker into every convention. Doesn't always happen, but yeah. I do try to take that because it is really cool to say I cast myself right. and actually mean it. And because it's like people actually have to look at it because I'm doing the pretty much the exact same pose on yeah. the on the card that is on the card. I mean, uh, to be fair, the actual pose on the card is almost basically impossible for someone who doesn't really have a lot of flexibility like me right. to, to do because it's like this weird contorted my arm's yeah. back here but my body's gonna be they're, like this yeah, and, they're, oh. they're like yeah. leaning down so, yeah and after surgery too it's like this is Ooh, really yeah. difficult uh, but i i was able to pull i i had some pain that day but uh you know if if folks are interested in looking that you can easily find my cosplay on my instagram account that mm -hmm. I, I have all that stuff up there but yeah it's just to wrap things up, it's really awesome being able to cosplay as that character, and I highly recommend folks giving it a try if you haven't already. Again, you just got to find a character or, you know, 
a card. Yeah, a card that just it's speaks a work to of you. Art. Yeah, yeah. And, and and just roll with it. Because because when I was in Philly, I got to go up to Eric Desham, who was at the event, mm. and the guy who drew the drew, tireless right. tracker, or you know created the art anyway. I. I don't know if they technically draw it these days, or if, they, if they're doing a mixture of computer, computer and drawing. I'm not, I'm not sure, but anyway. Uh, it, it depends on art. The artist. Some artists do hand draw it. Some do digital art. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. The, the artist on the on the tireless tracker, and I went up there as the tireless tracker, and mm-hmm. it was funny. He, he was going to the bathroom when I was standing in line. Like. I recognize that card as, as he goes by. <laughs> and it, so it's just like, please, I, it's like you, you inspired this card inspired me to start cosplaying. Would you please sign the actual card? And it's like, yeah, I, I had a tireless trackers card set aside. It's like, please sign this. And so he signed it and I got a couple of pictures with him doing me nice. going to pose next to the artist. Oh, that's and it's awesome. like, that was the coolest thing. It's like and, and everything I remember about, there's a lot of cool stuff from Philly. But honestly, yeah. I think the most memorable thing was getting that picture in the cosplay with the man himself who yeah. who, who made that card a reality. So I mean, that was that was the coolest part of, of MC Philadelphia for me was, you know, getting to see that come full circle and have the artist actually recognize what I was doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. I also like I've like dipped my toe into cosplay. I... Like late last year, I, I had the idea to want a cosplay smuggler's copter because that's my favorite magic card. Yes, hence, I remember hence, that. I, I remember you yes. asking about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like, kind of like, events like got busy with life stuff, so I didn't end up going through with that. But um, in twenty twenty one for a Halloween party, I decided to cosplay my favorite video game character, uh, Primrose from Octopath Traveler, uh-huh. and. It's you've probably seen this image if you've like followed me on Twitter. It's the it's the image where like I'm just like holding the axe in like the red dress, and that was just like a skirt I owned. And my friend Megan, like she just had this like thin shirt that's like, hilariously like much bigger because her shoulder she's just like much broader shoulders than I am, so it's kind of like almost falling off. And then she just like like cut it, so there's just like turned like basically into a crop top almost. Nice and. And she just like gave me some jewelry and that's, that's it. That's like all you need to do. And it felt great. It was just like really fun to, to do that. Yeah. You can Halloween costume cosplay. I mean, again, it may sound fancy. It's cosplay, but literally yeah. if you just want to even just do the level of Halloween costume, um, you know, that that's still, <laughs> you're still getting into the character. I literally saw a guy at MC Philad or either MC Philadelphia or Minneapolis. I don't remember which where he was wearing a hoodie and had mm-hmm. a, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a sign around his neck. He, okay. he was basically going his worm coil engine. <laughs> He's wearing a hoodie. <laughs> and and it says, uh, the sign says like death touch life link six, six. So he's <laughs> nice. going his worm coil engine. It's like, hey, that, it's like, like this, this is all you got to do. Just, what other death th- six six lifelink death touches there? Magic? Yeah, it's, it's like, that's like, worm coil engine. Yeah, it's like, it's like it has to be worm coil engine. Um, but it's like I, I'm not necessarily seeing it, but it, the whatever sign, makes you happy. Well, like, I mean, but without the sign, it's like wait, what? But like, yeah. the sign, it's like oh, worm coil engine. All right, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, th- that that's really all you got to do is even if you just want to, you know, dress up as worm coil engine just by putting a sign around your neck. 
that's all that's all it really takes right you know as long <laughs> yeah. as long as you're not showing up in a t-shirt and jeans and, and you're actually putting a little bit of thought in your costume i think that's all we ask in, in the yeah. cosplays community it's like just give it a shot see what happens yeah. see if you like it and if you, if you don't like it you know what there's a lot of folks who don't like things like i'm not very good at pickleball you know <laughs> but uh <laughs> but the thing is like you you, you keep going you get better and right. you know and and then you can drop the money and on you know get skills and all that to to really get into it but it's like it all starts somewhere so yeah that that is my 20 minute cosplay uh talk i hope i didn't bore anyone <laughs> with that one because it, it just is, I, that's I, fascinating I, to me i love like. talking about it because it, it's i love coming at it from a different angle than a lot of my fellow cosplayers like for them it's all about the crafting it's all about bringing things stuff like and that's great but yeah. I really do think that folks can kind of, you know, kind of feel inferior about it too. It's like, if I don't have that skill, can I still do cosplay? And my answer is unequivocally yes. Yes. You yeah. find whatever works for you. You get out there, you build up the courage, and you post some of the pictures online on your timeline if you're in our community, for instance. And it's like, yep. hey, I'm trying to do this costume. What do people think? and things will go well you know people yeah. will give you that encouragement and you will go from there i i remember when i was first doing that i was kind of i was kind of nervous you know it's like are, are people really gonna go with this costume i remember taking it to dreamhack last year and it's like yeah I, I didn't really know a lot of people i i, I knew bex because i'd had her on yeah. my show but she was the only cosplayer i knew at the time mm -hmm. and I, I guess she found me through the cosplay pictures that I was putting up early on. I, I don't know. I never asked yeah. her, honestly, how, how that <laughs> how that worked. Because she's just like randomly followed me from out of the blue. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, <That's> e funny. <laughs> you are a legitimate cosplayer. Why the fuck are you following me? I'm a noob. <laughs> and it's like, you're certainly not following me for the podcast. So it's got to be for the cosplay. But it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm not even doing anything decent. And... <laughs> And yes, so it's like I I got to meet a couple of the the other cosplayers at DreamHack. There got to to wear that, and then as soon as Bellevue came around a few the next month, it's like yeah. bam, I am in this community. I know a few people. I show up. People recognized it, and that's really the on ramp was yeah. like just getting out there, showing off the cosplay, having people recognize, it, and then going to conventions. That is literally the on ramp, the starter pack to how to cosplay is <laughs> show interest. You post some progress photos, you post a final photo and just say, hey, you know, here's my cosplay, you know, it looks really cool. Show yeah. up to events, network, and then after a couple events, you are in. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's literally my, my six-step system, my, my Richard Simmons moment, you know, like six <laughs> steps to becoming a cosplayer. I mean, I wow, that, that was a probably about the worst example i could have come up with <laughs> i'm starting to think of like a cliche like you know 70s or 80s you can do a video but uh <laughs> that was like the wow okay <laughs> hello that was that was that was odd but you get my point it's like yeah it, it, this is the the six step system i would say to to cosplaying and really there there's no one way to do it i basically just showed up in costume and try yeah. to hang out and the other cosplayers just you know talk to you because they they want to know they want to know yeah. who you are and you know what are you cosplaying as and if you're cool then yeah then it works out so 
that was my experience. Again, no guarantees. Everything works out, but frankly, there's really no downside to, to giving it the, a shot. The, the worst, the worst that happens is you you don't enjoy it and you and, move and, on and with you something else that, in but, your life. But hey, but hey, you're going to a convention, so you're there to play Magic anyway. So exactly. <laughs> so if cosplay doesn't end up working out, you're really not out anything. So right. give, give it a try. You never know until you try whether you like it or not. Yeah. It's, I mean, you could put say about content in general, like. Oh man, content creation—it <laughs> is its own beast. It really is. <laughs> trying to find inspiration. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah. the the trying to find inspiration for me is sometimes the hardest thing to do, because mm -hmm. the way I run my show is I like I love having guests on because this is a very community-driven game for me. It's like the community. Yeah. The community helped get me out of the doldrums of twenty. 2020 and 2021 there were some pretty right. pretty i don't want to say dark moments because that makes it sound like it gets way way darker than it was but there were some yeah. very 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 bored moments and <laughs> during during those years and you know having the community feeling like i was connected with other people through the yeah. podcast really helped me out it's like the the podcast got me started because i was literally just trying to talk about positive things because at the time you know, the whole community when I was getting in there was just negative, negative, negative. It seems like every big channel was just spouting some ridiculous nonsense. Right. And it's like, you don't have to do that. So I decided, mm -hmm. what the hell, I'll start a podcast. And yeah. I started a podcast, literally talk. My second episode was me talk, talk yeah, was me talking about how much I love Scrambleverse, not sorry, and Warp World. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I really do love varied games. I don't like linear gameplay. I love mm -hmm. when things go absolutely batshit crazy. And that's yeah. why I like Warp World and Scrambleverse. It's like, you know what? You never know what's going to happen. But guess what my bookman phenomenon is? My whole philosophy, you never know what's going to happen until you actually try. So right. I, I, love, I personally love those cards because I honestly, typically when those end up being resolved, I'm typically not in a winning board state anyway. So what do I have to lose? <laughs> but yeah, so, so it's like I literally started the podcast out just by saying it's like, I'm going to go against the grain. I like Warp World and Scrambleverse. And yeah. that's kind of how I got started. But then I realized, you know, this is not really going anywhere. <laughs> right. It, 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 you it only is... do that about so many cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of doing this. I, I thought about quitting, honestly, back in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's like my ratings were in the toilet. Actually, I had right. no what ratings. Um, right, yeah, well, yeah, what ratings. Because <laughs> everyone was, was starting a, a show at that time. And I ended up finding a niche when I started saying, you know, screw it. I'm going to bring people on to talk about cards. Mm -hmm. And that right there was the biggest level up moment, I would say, for me. So, again, there's my other tack. I, I've been giving your your viewers a lot of hacks. I would like to think <laughs> on, you know, it's like, how to get into content creation. Um, take water conventions. Get TSU free check, you know, th things like that. But I, I would say the biggest on-ramp to content creation, personally, was, you know, collaborating with people. Is Yeah. I, I could talk myself blue in the face about you know, cards, um, about the set, the episode I just released on Lord of the Rings, my underrated legendary creatures, you know, things like that, which are great sometimes in moderation, but I really think that they, there we go. Now I'm closer to the mic. Hopefully now everyone can hear me a little better. Um, <laughs> I, I just randomly start getting away from the mic away. It's like slowly, slowly, yeah, slowly, slowly get away. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so now, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. yeah so, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 
bringing people on was the most important thing for me because I wanted to get other perspectives on. And yeah. it was really important for me to be able to not be the person necessarily behind the microphone, but right. just, you know, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that was not something that a lot of other folks were doing at the time. I mean, a lot of podcasts, I mean, there's very few podcasts where it's just one person, right? Most of the ones right. out there, you have multiple people, so they can go banter back and forth. I was on the Helling Salt Mine podcast a while back. Mm. It's like there's three hosts who just yeah. bandy back and forth, and you can do whatever that could is. CCO has two. The Commander Sphere had two. And it's like you kind of see where this is going. It's like there's right. very few solo podcasters out there. So it's like I'm running into a wall that no one else is running into, and I mm-hmm. want to know why. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, if I bring people on, I get that co-host aspect without also having to worry about having another person on to co-host with me. Right. So, so it's like people have busy kind of, lives yeah. and it's hard so, to commit to so one I can so schedule. <laughs> I have ultimate flexibility. It's like the, I have the opposite of the D&D problem, right? It's like right. instead of having to worry about getting five people together to play D&D, it's just can I play D&D by myself or can I get one friend? <laughs> All, all of a sudden, yeah. and I'm the dungeon master, and I have one friend. I have my, my cousin always talks about the favorite game that he had where he literally had a friend doing a DM, and he was the only player. It was a solo solo campaign for him. Mm. And yeah, it's like now I understand where, where that really comes in is this allows me ultimate flexibility while also allowing me to get a whole bunch of different awesome folks on. And right. it's like if you can just give me 30 minutes of your time, I can yeah. get you out there. You can tell a story. You can yeah. give me some interesting insight into the game that I never thought of before. And that is really what I love about bringing people on, talking about various different things. Because, you know, I've run into so many different people um, at these events, people I knew from the Internet, people I didn't know before. And it's like bringing those people on to talk about whatever it is, um, you know, just trying to, yeah, trying to find a niche in this extremely yeah. oversaturated market where like literally everything has Everyone already been has done. A... Yeah. How do I try to find a niche? And if my niche is literally talking to different people about different episode titles and stuff, then that's what I got to do. Cause right. it, it's the only thing that allows me to be a little bit different and also, you know, try to be that, um, you know, try to live up to that self-proclaimed number one variety podcast. <laughs> that I try to keep saying, even though I know it's probably not true, but yeah. you know, it's it sounds good. It sounds yeah. It sounds flashy. Yeah. It's it's very funny how you kind of came to that conclusion because that's that's sort of the inspiration for this podcast was well, I don't want to do a podcast alone. And I don't want to find someone who can like commit to a podcast every week. So hard. So I'm just gonna do a bunch of guests and we're just going to talk to them and it works. Like it's just a yeah, good time. It really does. I mean, and, and again, for me, it's like, I do have recurring content segments. So it's like, sometimes right. I do have actual, like a structure to some of my episodes or it's mm-hmm. like, this is exactly what my vision is. I, I'm still the producer. I'm still technically directing this. So it's like, I, sometimes I kind of have an idea of where things are going. So it's not always yeah. a freeform episode, but the freeform episodes or ones where it's like, it's really open are usually the best ones. I try yeah. not to put my guests in a box, which right. I, you, you can definitely understand with, with your, with oh, your yeah. content as well. It's like putting people in a box where it's like, you need a script or it's like, you have to have all of these notes put out here. Yeah. Like, this is, it's so rough because 
like with pickleball, here's another <laughs> life lesson is that I find that I don't do well when I'm competing because I'm, I'm kind of in mm. my head a little too much. It's like, well, yeah. I don't want to screw up and you make a mistake and you beat yourself up over it. Whereas if you're just playing pickleball with your friends or you're just not playing for anything, you don't think about it as much. You just do it. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's what really attracted me to having folks on and doing a very freeform style, which again, at the time in early 2021, I think was still pretty new, honestly. Um, it's like, I, I think I was kind of actually at the cutting edge of a few of these ideas. At least yeah. it felt like it was. I mean, obviously I can't verify that claim. It's probably right. egregious, but it felt like from what I was seeing on my feed that a lot of people weren't doing that sort of thing. It's like, it was still a lot of very, you know, segmented shows. The The bigger, bigger casts were doing very, very regimented things where we had a script or we had a very specific topic. And then I'm yeah. just coming in here with a very like gorilla style. Um, it's yeah. like, hey, let's just record on whatever and yeah. make it work. And nowadays, the, that market has become very saturated because people are realizing that conversations are actually really interesting. Just look at what Shivam's been doing lately. Um, exactly, and, and people yeah. are loving that. But at the time, that really wasn't the norm. And that's why I decided to go over to that three years ago mm -hmm. and give it a shot was because it seemed like no one was doing that. But it also gave me ultimate artistic freedom. Also, because I'm kind of lazy as a podcaster. It's like, I don't want to have to do all that much work if my guests can do... 70% of the work for me. Exactly. That's, you know, I have to do 30% of the job. I have to do 30% of the job. So, you know, all I have to do is sound interested. Well, actually not, not sound interested, but sound intelligent. There we go. That's what I was trying to say <laughs> is as long as well, I, I don't even do that. <laughs> as long as I do the intro, the closing, I ask a few questions and I seem somewhat intelligent about what I'm talking about, then it'll probably work with the audience. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I've been utilizing content as a learning experience too. It's like, I, I want to hear other people's perspectives on things and try to learn some, some cool things in the process, you know, see things a little bit differently. And that's what I love about uh, my recurring content segments that I do. Um, I, I have two segments where uh, one of them is called Noah Brewer and it literally is me asking a person, asking a guest where you know how do you build a deck you know just tell yeah. me where do you start how do you build what's your process and then what happens after that it's the ultimate icebreaker it is also a really good way to just get to know how someone builds stuff it gets kind of repetitive sometimes but um yeah you know it, it happens the really fun one though is, is my challenge segments i haven't done one of these in a long time but i love doing those um mm -hmm. it, i call them lightning builds and okay. Some folks have done, you know, something similar, but no one has done them exactly like I have. I've been doing these for a couple okay. of years. So basically, I curated a list of legendaries from throughout Magic's history that I feel don't really put you in a box. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of generic value commanders say, "Oh, you have to play humans," or it's Simic, or yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, or hey, you have to you're playing with this card, you're playing with Mill, you know, combat tricks, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I just found a bunch of random creatures where it's like, hey, you know, this creature doesn't say you have to do anything in particular. Okay. So I put that down the list, and then I bring someone on. I throw that commander at them, sight unseen. Oh, my goodness. And then, they, yeah, so it's like they have no idea what I'm choosing until I say so. Live recording. It's like, this yeah. is the ultimate hot seat. Build me a deck. 
Yeah. Or, 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 or you know, like a build shell. Me a concept yeah, you for build a deck. me a yeah. deck shell in the next like yeah. 15 minutes. It's open book and everything. But I can tell you from experience, I've actually done this myself. I had yeah. uh, a friend who, who unfortunately is no longer on Twitter. He, he decided to retire, which is pretty sad. But um, hmm. he retired from Magic, which really sucks. But anyway, yeah. um, he put me through my own test. And let me tell you, <laughs> it is stressful. <laughs> Very stressful. Because <laughs> it, you want to, especially when I'm the one dishing out this punishment to other people. And I'm saying right. that in scare quotes. Punishment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... It's, it's nerve-wracking, you know? It's like you want to sound intelligent and you try to find all these cards because, again, you have no idea what this card is most of the time because I've chosen some really obscure ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I end up getting... Oh, man, I have to look this up. I I know what it's called. Okay. Um, let's see, is it... Yes, yeah, okay, I, I was right. Iwamori of the Open Fist. And you're going to be asking yourself, what, MJ, what the I know what this fuck card are you does. talking I, about? I know but... exactly what this card does. <laughs> yeah, so 5-5 uh, five, five human monk costing 2 green green has trample, and when Iwamori of the Open Fist enters the battlefield, each opponent may put a legendary creature card from his or her hand onto the battlefield. I honestly don't remember exactly what I ended up doing with this one, but it was like this jankiest bullshit I could come up with in like 15 minutes. And... Yeah. Um, it was it was great. So I've I've had done like twenty of these, honestly, through through various ones. And there's been some seriously filthy shit coming out of these. Um <laughs> uh yeah. I, I, I will say it's like if, if you want an absolutely brutal list that just sounds absolutely disgusting, check out Beyond the Machina's episode with Herbrask, the original Herbrask. Okay. It basically ended up with mono red prison stacks. <laughs> It was gross. I actually, you know what? That that tracks for yeah, for, for Drew. For, for, for Drew, that, yeah. that tracks. <laughs> and it's, it's basically, yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, Urbrask, you're gonna be attacking the things, right? So, no. So, yeah, yeah. So, so cue the uh, attack of the clones meme thing, right? It's like I'm yeah. gonna give you Urbrask, so you're gonna be attacking, right? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was the filthiest prison list and basically by the end of that list is like fuck you drew what the hell did you do <laughs> what did you do but, but yeah big shout out to, to drew um yeah uh, they're great great person to talk to mm-hmm. and i actually I haven't, I haven't really interacted with them in a long time i really have to get back to that but anyway yeah so yeah. great person but seriously disgusting list and I've I've done some other fun ones. Uh, there was Chromat Infect. Okay. Um. Sure. Let's see. I had Chase, so Mana Curves on to do Zergo Bell Striker. Okay. Which what I d- what what they do? Zergo Bell Striker. I'm glad you asked. Zergo <laughs> Bell Striker. Oh, I know what Bell Striker does. I that that's when I started playing Magic. It was in Dragon's. Strike. Okay, nice, nice, nice. I, so yeah, I love, uh, love me Zergo yeah, Bell Striker. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so for the folks out there, uh, two two orc warrior costing a single red can't block creatures power two or greater and has a dash cost. Problem is I don't remember exact. I think that may have actually been the last one I did. I honestly mm-hmm. don't remember. Ooh, my camera's getting super, super weird. Ooh, <laughs> but oh. uh, getting, it, this happens occasionally. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's all good. I don't remember exactly what 
what ended up happening with that one. I just remember it was a really fun episode because, again, Chase is an awesome person. Right. Um, but I just don't really remember what ended up happening. There was also an episode where uh, I had the new Kyrvek. Yeah, mm. the one that gives neg one, neg one to all all creatures. Right. And I honestly think that one was oh come on Spotify, you can find my podcast. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> um Yeah. It it basically it ended up just being kind of like how Drew built that that uh Airbrass deck. Is it was it was a very disgusting mono black control deck and i don't remember exactly how it all happened but uh the 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 guest i had on that show actually i think ended up building the deck oh wow so i so and and that was really cool it's like i actually inspired someone in the course of like 20 minutes to go from all right i'm ready to take on this challenge all of a sudden i kind of want to build a deck now and yeah. that was actually really cool for me was was to actually inspire someone to think about building a deck. I just wish I could find it here. I, I'm I really am not going to go back and try to find it uh, necessarily, but it was it was a really cool uh, really cool list. And yeah. I I typically end up being surprised by how sadistic a lot of uh, the community members could be <laughs> when I give them a blank check to just put whatever in. I mean, um, <laughs> if you're not going to play the deck. Uh, sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. It's like <laughs> n- nothing like uh, playing big mana and mono white, playing Chromat Infect, or whatever <laughs> in the fuck I did with Thriss Nantuko Primus with uh, Donnie again, <laughs> where I, I think I gave them that one, where it's literally tar- tap target creature becomes a 5-5 five, five till end of turn, or gets plus 5, plus 5 till end of turn. Or something. Like, yeah. That's all it does for 6 mana. <laughs> right. It's like, build me a deck. And I, I I think they end up building an insect deck out of that one with some extra Ooh, um, combats, or uh, um, like combat trick Type stuff. cards, yeah. Yeah, I don't quite remember exactly how that how that worked out. But uh, yeah. Oh, it, it was... Uh, yeah, I... Never mind, I... I'm not even going to look through here, but I, again, I've had some really funky commanders on there. Um, ben mm-hmm. Ben Aki Hermit was on there as well. <laughs> I had uh, Astral's Flame on to do that one. Um, let's see what else. I re- Questing Beast did that one. Ah. That was a fun, like, Turbo Fog <laughs> deck. Oh, that's so sweet! Because then you can make the you can make question beast one sided. Oh, that's yeah. I love that. that that's it, that, so that, that, that cool. was crazy. Um, Squee Goblin Nabob with my friend Cole from the Uncommon Commanders podcast. Um, mm-hmm. that one it, that's the one that returns to your hand. Yeah, yeah, just so many weird ones. I actually really do miss. I I'm sorry, I do miss doing those. They are very mm-hmm. fun. And someday I will return to those. It just seems like people aren't as interested in doing those anymore, which I, I get, but it yeah. still kind of sucks. It's kind of hard to be like that on the fly. All right, let's. Yeah, and, and, I'm and, just and, and as you can imagine, mode. a lot of folks don't want to take that challenge upon themselves. I get it, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's it's not for everyone. I kind of got ambushed into doing that one, but I wanted to actually do, <laughs> do, 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 do that particular challenge myself. So I had, right. again, I had no idea what creature was going to be. And the funny mm-hmm. thing is, Eo Mori actually wasn't on my list. So, <laughs> you know, I still have the list. I, I actually, 
I, I could pull if uh, I'd have to pull it up and find out, but I've done like 20 of them. So the list yeah. is the list is definitely getting shorter. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly monocolored creatures. That's what I will say. That that makes the most sense is because, yeah, a lot of like t- three, especially like three, four and five color commanders definitely like give you a direction. Yeah, they, they send you in a particular direction unless they're named the Gila, in which case you can do it or kind of whatever the fuck you want with that. <laughs> but well, the Gila tries to send you into a direction. Sure. Uh, it turns out that direction is attack with Najila and the warrior she creates. <laughs> Until everyone dies, and then still play Thoracle Combo to finish the game. And then, yeah, and <laughs> so then still just play where it's like, color why am I playing Agila again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Own own Agila. I I always like I I guess you you're talking about Gavin Verhey and his like tireless tracker thing. I always remember one of his like he did like a commander design mistakes episode, and oh, the one yes. that always stuck with me was Najila should have said non token. <laughs> So that she doesn't just exponentially scale with herself. And in the token she creates, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and as soon as he said, I was like, wait, why didn't this card say that? I mean, I, I feel like that so many magic cards should say that. Why is Underworld Breach so good? Um, why you is, know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like, you're just like, you read a card and you're like, okay, this is pretty good, this is pretty good, and then, like, you play it, or you read it again, or, like, some, some, like, part of it, it gets explained to you, that's like, oh, oh, this is, a this, this card's dumb. This card's dumb. <laughs> um, reminds me of the first time I, uh, saw Legacy Weapon actually utilized. Mm. That was fun. It's like, oh, hey, here's a really overcost artifact, there's no way you can get Wooberg. Oh. Oh, we're just gonna sack it infinite times. <laughs> <laughs> or the first time I saw Mindslaver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was not fun. I never, never played with that gentleman again. Ooh. <laughs> like, fir- first introduction to Mindslaver was the Mindslaver lock. It's like, it's fine if you play Mindslaver. Yeah. I don't care about that, but as long as you, as, if you start taking two, three, four of my turns, I'm out of here. That's, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Magic. was. Yeah. Magic's a silly game. Magic silly is, magic is a silly game for people who want to be sadistic to be sadistic what they want to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then there's CDH, which is totally not sadistic. <laughs> I mean, CDH is its own beast. Yeah. Like, CDH is I feel I, I feel like, though, in CDH, though, you're not getting as sadistic in there because there's an expectation. There's every, an expectation. Everyone it's, is kind of doing or trying to when, do something when like that. When everyone is sadistic, nobody is sadistic. Yeah, it, it, exactly. There's your syndrome moment. Your your yeah. one your one Disney reference, like the, tangential reference. When everyone is super, no one is. Exactly. And yeah, I, I feel like CDH is it's that nice little holdout or a standoff, you know, where everyone in theory is at an equal understanding. It's just that the shade underneath that work gets a little weird. Yeah. I will. I, I will shout out to uh, Sheepwave for coining nitro casual, which is also the yes! aw- which is the awesome term that I use all the freaking time when I think about a deck and no one else understands. <laughs> I think the term like kind of explains itself. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I think so too. I haven't heard of nitro casual before, but. 
I love that term. I mean, I, that, that it term's is. amazing. It is. I, mean, I, I just wish that I could just go to a convention. It's like, yeah, I've got Nitro Casual on me. And for any, literally anyone to understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Outside of our community, anyway. It's like, we've talked about right. this. We've had a con- conversation about what the hell Nitro Casual is. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like that's kind of the Wild West of where we are with Commander. It's like, what, how do you define casual? Because honestly... If you want to define casual, it's like I'm a battle cruiser player myself. I yeah. basically love things just above a precon. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this is where I get to do the jankiest bullshit and mm-hmm. just have fun with it. I mean, I I've made a living off of, or you know, a hypothetical living off of this. Sure. <laughs> As a creator, I do have a day job, so yeah. <laughs> my the uh, tiny amount of money I make off my Patreon is not exactly. Uh, you know, paying the bills or anything, but I would, I've made my proverbial hay as being a creator as building super undervalued commanders or commanders that people don't understand what they do and they have to read it beforehand. Or that yeah. I went through a phase where I was building very powerful commanders very suboptimally. So mm. there was my Najila story um, yeah. <laughs> where I actually ended up building a colorless version of Najila where oh. it's still five colors but none of the lands produce colored mana by themselves huh. I literally threw in like a lot of those original Ravnica dual lands you know the, the ones that uh, the, the location specific ones where they have a two oh, yeah, color yeah. activated ability they all tap for colorless or yeah. like some weird activated ability so it's like I, 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 where else can you play Stensia Blood Hall where it's like, hey, you tap for colorless or tap, pay three red and a black and tap to do one damage to target player. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, where else are you going to play this? Oh, I'm going to play this in colorless Najila, where I'm running 35 colorless lands and a cascading cataracts and 36 mana rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Plus all five of the colored mirror. From from original Mirrodin. Oh yes. So it's like I'm I, and then like mirror galvanizer or something, so I can untap them every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> I I love that you brought up a mirror deck because I was literally in a call, like I think yet last night or the night before, I was with my friend Carson, and he said someone needs to build a deck called Ninety Nine Bottles of Mirror on the Wall. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, and challenge challenge that it's not Urtet. You can take okay. a look at it. It is so yeah. So anyway, it's thirty two artifacts. Just kind yeah. of this random like I have some signets, some lockets, and I also <laughs> threw in some of the banners because why the hell not? Right. Um. And so it's like it is the most random assortment of artifacts and just stuff. So it's some talismans, some clue stones, signets, um, pristine talisman in there just because it's a fun card. Um, even a moss diamond and manolith, <laughs> just because I can. Sure. It was yeah. like this, this most deck bizarre... is wild. Yeah. Oh, oh, and what and what other uh, Najila deck can you um, basically say? Yeah, tap ten, drop. Casual Kozilek, Great Distortion. Yeah, it just has Kozilek in it. Just, there's just a Kozilek chilling in here. It's like, I, I I just happen to have a Kozilek in there because I used to have a Karn Silver Golem deck, so that's why I had the Kozilek. Mm-hmm. I ended up tearing the deck apart because it wasn't fun in my playgroup because basically I either got uh, Darkseal Forge or I didn't. And basically, <laughs> if I got Darkseal Forge yeah. out and resolved, I won. If I didn't yeah. get it, I'd probably lose. 
So it's like I have this casual cause, like it's in Japanese, I think, because I wanted to save a few bucks because I'm I'm cheap. Sure. <laughs> so it's like I, I know what Kozlek does. And it's like, oh hey, I'm gonna make this Najila deck on a dare from the same friend who's now retired from Magic the Gathering. He, yeah. He just like, yeah, why don't you build this? Like, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. And I, I actually did put the, the deck is still together. I never play it, but it is still sleeved and in in the in my coat closet with all my other decks it is still right. there i because i don't have the heart to take it apart because i just love the the fact that i still have the, it the fact that it exists yes yeah. and, and it also gave me a place to play kaleidostone which yeah. if you don't know what kaleidostone does it's a two mana artifact um which says when it comes into play you draw a card hmm, seems like it's all upside right there you pay five generic mana tap it to sacrifice it to add Wooberg. <laughs> i just happen to have a foil copy of this and the world's it's like, worst chromatic star. It, it, it's like, hey, I got a Najila foil etched back when it was like eight bucks, you know, right after, uh, yeah. right after it got reprinted there. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I've got this awesome looking Najila. What do I do with it? I got this and a Collide of Stone. Okay, hey, that I need ninety-eight cards. <laughs> so literally, and yeah, so literally the deck is coming apart. Where I'm just pulling all these random bulk lands out of my uh, bulk box. So I've got Care Keep in here where I can create Kobold, um, Slayer Stronghold, which seems good. Temple of the False God, which is never not a tinderbox <laughs> in this community. You I, have Tron. You have yes, Tron I, in this deck. I'm running the Tron lands. But again, the, the funny thing about this, it's funny you bring up the Tron lands because this is not the only deck I actually run the Tron lands in unironically. Okay. I've actually what's, been what's known to have a sub theme of running the Tron lands and other decks where they clearly don't belong just for the hell of it. Sure. Oh yes, but anyway, so, so to wrap this one up, it's like I, I threw Kozlek in there because, like, you know what? This is actually probably the only deck where I can actually have two colorless mana all the time, where I'm actually tapping yeah. my lands for colorless. Also, because Kozlek actually draws you cards. People kind of forget about that. Is like, <sighs> you know, if I have two cards in hand, I basically pay ten mana, draw five cards, get a twelve, twelve minutes. You know, that's pretty good. I've actually good, won. I've, ac I've actually won a game off of Kozilek with this deck. Yeah. Because I drew cards, and all of a sudden, you're gonna deal with my stuff. Counterspell. <laughs> it's like literally drop yeah. counterspells out of my hand. Um, it, it's actually a really funky deck to play. And the, yeah, this the, seems the, wild. Yeah, it, and 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 the thing is, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to force myself, like. How do I make Najila super casual? You know, make it like a more of a pre-con level. My mm -hmm. goal is to activate her ability twice per turn. Max. Yeah. Maybe three times if I can get all the colors, but you know, it's like, okay, how do I get all the colors first? How do I get Uberg? How do I play how do I make Kaleida Stone actually a valuable card in this deck? Yeah. And that was the original question. It's like, okay, play all five mirror. Plus the mirror galvanizer, though I've never actually really gotten that to work because I I don't have enough draw on this deck to really make it worth it. So you know right. whatever. But it's like I need to find a balance of like decent signets and you know like quote unquote good cards. With with yeah. also it's like I've got Jeskai Banner in there. Why? Yeah. I don't know because I just happen to have it's, a copy of it. It fixes it fixes mana. It fixes my mana weirdly, but I could do it. So so basically, the, the funny thing about it's like, it's not really bad for your opponents. It's more just like I'm doing mental gymnastics trying to figure out how I make Wooberg. Yeah, how do I <laughs> cast my spells? <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of sucks. Like, I'm running three warriors in the deck. So I'm running uh, yeah. Grand Warlord Rada. Um, mm -hmm. Running Lobiza Cold Eyes, so it gives all the other warriors plus two, plus two, and haste. So, you know, not a bad one. And Samet, Voice Samet, of Descent. Yeah. 
Um, so it's like these are actually three really good warriors to have in the deck um, to, to help out with. with oh, oh, no, sorry. I, I do have a fourth. I have Alesha in there as well to, to mm. hopefully get uh, like one of my mirror back, you know, right. on, on the battlefield at some point. But yeah, it's it's just a really bizarre deck that doesn't take itself too seriously. And mm-hmm. it's like it is the most bizarre deck list well actually not the most bizarre i have much more bizarre deck list that uh, i will not talk about here but um (laughs) this is kind of the one that i feel like i've ended up being known for just as like a thought experiment more than anything but yeah yeah it's it's wild to to talk about this because like people have no idea how to respond to this like yeah i've got a najila deck it's casual it's like you you can't make najila casual it's like Really? Watch me. Watch, watch me struggle to cast Najila in the first place. Well, actually, no, <laughs> casting Najila is not the problem. It's doing literally anything else with that deck. Ah, fair. Because, <laughs> I mean, again, two generic and one red to cast Najila yeah, was a mistake. That's true. It's Seriously. True. There's no Jewel Lotus. Frankly, am I even running Soul Ring in this deck? Okay, I'm running Soul Ring in this you, deck. You're running Soul Ring in this deck. I honestly yeah. didn't remember if I was doing that. But yeah, all of the lands either tap for colorless. Or there are things like um, painted bluffs where you filter yeah. filter lands you can effectively. Filter into, yeah. So it's like that was my that was that was my concession. It's like I can have lands that create colored mana, but, but there has to, to be an additional cost. Work. Yeah. I have to jump through a hoop to be able to actually use this. So yeah. it's, but again, it's like it 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 for it is the ultimate mental gymnastics deck that I could come up with is that it forces me to really understand what I'm casting. And I mean, it's, it's on, it's not judges tower, but you know, I I think it's a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice way to force myself to really have to be on top of my game. Cause I I make a lot of mistakes during magic games and I understand that. Yeah. But when I play that deck, it's like, it's like me in competitive pickleball. It's like, I really have to be, you know, on your game on my game yeah to really know what i'm doing because i don't want to make a fool of myself but but again it's like i i I don't play this deck unless i tell people ahead of time it's like look this is what my najila deck does i gotta play something super low powered you know Mm -hmm. because like this this deck is not really a glass cannon but it kind of feels like that it doesn't get anywhere fast and it is not intended to be hanging at anything above really a pre-con level so right because like it is really a bad deck honestly if you think about it, it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at it's... the sorceries i'm running i'm running a, a crux of fate and dusk and dawn which require multiple colored mana um and a deck with 35 colors or 30 like yeah 32 colors yeah so it's like, like... Pl- playing those are very difficult and it's like i'm, I'm playing just like this most motley assortment of removal and card draw and stuff and of course team or battle rage because i love that card and also that just because great. and also just i'm playing treasure cruise because you know what i can cast it for one blue mana effectively yeah so you know it's like that seemed like the best draw spell i could possibly have hey, hey if you make tron you can cast it you can tap yes i can to, yes i can to, to tron it out <laughs> oh god i seriously the, the whole tron thing honestly as another aside if you're okay with that um right, was this, was this podcast I, is all about asides awesome awesome so the the tron thing started when i was there we go i was doing the microphone thing again um yeah so the tron land thing start whoa camera being weird so yeah the, <laughs> the tron land thing started when a friend of mine gave me a full play set of the tron lands i don't know why mm-hmm. 
but he gave me a full play set of the Tron lands. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, I, I know the power of the Tron lands, but it's like I had them in my I had them in my car and deck, but it's like, eh, I don't like that deck anymore. But I don't right. want to just have these Tron. I mean, do I sell them? And it's like, well, what do I do with these Tron lands? Mm-hmm. Well, I could just put them in my box and never think about them again, or unironically use them somewhere else. So it's yeah. kind of ended up becoming kind of a weird little sub theme where it's like, if this is the kind of deck where I feel like it can potentially support natural Tron just as like happening, um, I'm going to do it. So yeah. it, even my favorite deck of all time, which, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, kind of waffles these days because I have multiple favorite decks. But sure. um, the, the, the I think my signature deck the the mm-hmm. one that people it's like if if you've listened to my show if you've seen me online like the one I stand the most yeah I'm running natural Tron in that deck yeah be because I can and that deck right. is never not stupid but it <laughs> always does something funny so that right. deck dear viewer is the one I'm pulling up right now so my signature deck. My beloved mono black demon friend, Kothafed Soul Hoarder. Yes. Not sorry at all. And <laughs> and, and the, the funny story about this one was um, I, I used to watch a ton of EDH Rec podcasts. Don't really do so much anymore because I kind of dropped yeah. off of that. But at the time, I was watching a lot of them. And again, they do great work. I just kind of went a different direction or just kind of mm-hmm. keep. Actually, I kind of, I guess I keep forgetting to watch their stuff. So it's mostly just yeah. me forgetting. So, yeah. But, but yeah, great stuff. But Dana Roach said the dumbest thing he could have possibly said when I'm watching. It's, okay. oh, this card is unplayable due to Smothering Tithe. And of course, me being a good jank brewer, I literally do the Barney Stinson challenge accepted. Because <laughs> I had a copy of that card in the box just sitting mm-hmm. around because I've been gifted a whole shit ton of cards by someone else in my playgroup. Because he wasn't using yeah. them. So he just gives me all of his old cards, which is a lot of old draft chaff and some playable stuff and whatnot. And I had a co- the promo pack copy of this guy in there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, this is actually really interesting. Destroy a permanent, lose a life, draw a card. Hmm. <laughs> and no one's playing it. Hmm. Yeah. And it's unplayable due to Smothering Tithe. Hmm. Really? So I ended up building this deck which actually really fair honestly I, I did a whole deck tech on on my show if, if you're any of your viewers are interested in hearing me talk for like 30 minutes about this deck but yeah basically this deck either does really powerful things or i end up self-destructing spectacularly yep. and i sounds all right end up, end up like turn five in minneapolis um someone had like 50 tokens on board i don't know i don't remember how um, and and mm-hmm. just having an absurd number of tokens. And it's like, I have my commander out there. It's like, well, I have a board wipe in hand. I'm not that masochistic. I'm not going to blow myself up on turn five with my commander out. It's like, okay, pass turn. The, the, then the, the next guy in turn order, it's basically plays board wipe. Well, I got to deal with that, with, with that board over there. And I'm just... Mm. and i'm dead (laughs) yep because because that that is the uh, that is the key with with that deck is i have to have a high tolerance for self-destructing 
is yep. I'm I mean, I'm not I'm never happy about it. But on the other hand, it, it, it's the kind of thing. It's like in the moment you're really frustrated. It's like, damn it. But afterwards, like five minutes later, it's like, yeah, that was really cool. That's funny. I, I, I love doing that. I have a similar thing. There's there's a similar enchantment. I think it's called. I don't know what it's called, but it's I think Dark Bargain. It's like black, black, black for enchantment. Whenever a creature dies, you lose one life. Draw oh a card. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, which, which card is that? It's it's in it's in one of my. It's like it's in a core set or something. Yeah, like it's I, from a core set. It, or something. I, I do run that in one of my other decks, not this one. It's um. You see, in I know exactly which one I run it in too. Um, yeah. Uh, please continue while I find find okay, this. Yeah. But so I was, I was playing as someone who they were playing in their Tasa deck. And I was playing my my Alesha tokens like aristocrats deck, and like the taste player is like wildly ahead. Dark like, prophecy. Dark prophecy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're like wildly ahead. They're like so. They're like totally gonna win next turn. And I'm like, well, I don't have a blood artist or like a Zula pork or anything, yeah. but you have one for yourself. So I'm just gonna sack my board of like oh my god twenty tokens, and you're just gonna die. Yeah, that that <laughs> happens to me a lot with that particular deck. Is like people will sacrifice tokens or do other things. So I mean, the the deck half of it's like I'm gonna destroy single targets, but then I'm just running pox just for the hell. It's right. like you know what? I just want to watch the world burn. Everyone <laughs> sure. sacrifice creatures, discard cards sacrifice lands you know lose a third of your life um just like random bullshit again this is back before pox actually became what was a modern a modern card i think it was just like a regular weird black card yeah really cost a black card and it's like in in that deck it would net me like 10 to 20 cards (laughs) so the the rest of the deck is me built around a bunch of lifelink things for me trying to gain life so i don't die to my own commander and I'm still trying to find like a really good balance for not dying to my own commander in that one. It's like if the deck, I think you just have to embrace it. If the deck you should, you should works, embrace the death. it actually works fairly well. You'd be surprised by how well that deck is actually done across various playgroups. Because like after mm-hmm. a while, the draw that I'm getting and then the powerful engines that I have in there are really good. When you put them all together, it's like drop a veto. And profit in that deck. Yeah. It's like especially it especially when I just have a bunch of dumb little lifelink creatures, like death touchy creatures, where it's like you're not you're not gonna attack me. Because do you want to trade your colossal, colossal dread maw with my one one death touch? You know? Right. Like it's like, do you are you sure you wanna make this trade? And Vampire Nighthawk is is one of the, the MVPs in that deck and, and the uh, the other one, the the one from Zedekar Rising, can't remember which one what it's called right now. But that Night, one. Nighthawk Scavenger. Yeah, Nighthawk Scavenger. It's like yeah. they're they're both in the deck. I'm running Aetherborn uh Rogue or whatever it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have the list in front of me. But yeah, it's it's a trippy deck. I, I enjoy bringing <laughs> that one out and it's like no one really knows what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um and the only person I really talked to really understood was uh, Chris, the commander mechanic, who actually did understand because he built one at some point and he had played mm. a little bit. So it's like, I can talk to you about this. You understand yeah. the chaos, but uh, <laughs> otherwise no one else understands, you know, what I've done with this deck. So, yeah, um, blowing up on my own terms has unfortunately become kind of a theme in multiple decks. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally. Um, I, I do have another deck, another favorite deck of mine where um, blowing up, blowing myself up is a perfectly reasonable option. Yeah. So 
I, I, I've kind of come to embrace the chaos that, you know, if I have to go out, I will go out on my own terms and the deck actually can do that for me. Nice. So it's fun stuff out there and it's always good for a laugh too. Especially, right. You got to be in the right play group, but it's always good for a laugh if you have the right group. For sure. All right. I mean, this being quite an episode, like this is like awesome stuff here in like the whole all the side chances love it i know like, talking about tron it's... lands to guy getting arrested on amtrak <laughs> to cosplaying to right? um i don't even remember where we were two hours ago um I've... to pickleball you know yeah. <laughs> it's been it's been one hell of an episode to also me randomly leaning back in my chair and forgetting <laughs> that i need to be sitting up here when i record yeah all right so i ask one final question yes. which is the hardest question of all yes where can people find you on the internet i don't know where can people find me on the internet um <laughs> i'm known by many names <laughs> no um, no seriously I, I i have a link tree so it is https very important the s on there colon backslash backslash link tree l-i-k-n <laughs> damn it see i did it to myself l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash mtg and quarantine all one word you can find all of my stuff on there you can find my twitter stuff where i don't always post stuff because sometimes it's not worth posting anything it's some community yeah. days like that um yeah so you can find my twitter stuff on there occasionally i'll talk about random cards i'm looking at or just you know weird stuff but um you can mostly find me on the podcast um, that's i usually use spotify but i'm available on all the major podcast outlets i do a whole spiel on this whole thing that i never remember all of them but you know if it's a major podcast out you can probably find my content on there you can also find all yeah. my cosplay stuff all over on my instagram you can also find my moxfield as well as my inked gaming affiliate code and all that other junk that I have on there, you know, all the usual plugs from your favorite content creator, number one variety podcast using my radio announcer voice that I usually don't, don't use anymore because I get bored of it. But um, <laughs> that was a whole, th that was a whole thing back in 2021. It was like, it became kind of a cult thing for a little while that I was using the podcast voice. And then um, Phil from Neo Royal House of Pricey Cardboard ended up doing a video where he basically just add like words on the screen to me doing my uh, <laughs> my podcast intro. So it's like you can actually see visual a visual uh, aid for me doing my podcast intro because I was talking about slash and kind of go like slash. <laughs> it's like it was this thirty five second video, and it's like, what the fuck did you do? And then I look at it, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I see you're crazy, but. Um, yeah. You did it. Good job. Yeah, it can, congrats. <laughs> um, I doubt anyone, actually, I have no idea where I'd even be able to find that. It's probably long lost in the Twitter server, you know, purge or whatever, but it was funny when it was out there and people recognized it. I kind of missed that, but yeah, it's, yeah, but it, it, seriously though, you can go over to my link tree, find all of my stuff on there, um, especially the Moxfield if you want to hear about it, or if you want to see the Najila deck or the Kothapet deck or just any of the decks that I built out there. There's some weird stuff out there that I've built. Oh, so yeah. definitely check that stuff out. 
And yeah, I think that's everything on my end. Thank you so much for having me on here. It was awesome talking to you for two hours. Awesome just Absolutely. bullshitting about all this stuff for oh, two yeah. hours. I love to bullshit about magic. And sometimes it doesn't really come through on my podcast. Because again, when I'm a podcaster, it's like I have to be all it's like, okay, you have must to do the, be the, yeah. good. I was like, I recorded an episode earlier talking about Lord of the Rings cards. I was like, I'm kind of nervous. Actually, yeah. what I really hate about actually the single episodes where it's just me um mm -hmm. i find are actually the ones where i'm i'm the most stressed out because yeah. it's like i i have no one to cover for me if i screw up if, you, if i get you, nervous yeah. i'm 230 some episodes in and i still get nervous every time i hit the hit record on the on the episode it's always a always a stressful thing just to get started and then you just get going and then you 30 minutes later you don't know where the time's gone so it's just kind of a process and yeah Thank you again so much for having me on here. It was great bullshit yeah. about magic. Thank you so much for having for being on here. Uh, have a great night. Yep, you too.